That Blues, Royal Blue family, you got Harry, you got Charlie, you got George now, George Hewitt in the midfield. How good are they looking? Burden stood up, Martin might kick the goal, kicks, rolls it through, Blues back in front. Cottrell, long one, Mackay in good marking shape, Motlock ground level, got his second in the quarter. Fisher gets another look at it and misses, no! Chera sweeps a handball forward. Can they finish? Grips from 52. Over the top. And bounces it through. Doherty. He's almost within range. He goes long. Monstrous. He's been the story of the season. The Blues are back, baby. Welcome back to another edition of the Blues Footy Podcast. Changing up a little bit this week, me kicking things off in this week's episode. You're joined with myself, Bolt, and my co-host, Jed. Jeddy, how are we? I'm good, Bolt. How are you? No, well, I've obviously been better. It's Saturday morning after another dismal night at the MCG. Another disgusting, low-scoring, slow performance from our boys in navy blue but more importantly how are you feeling yeah oh well thank you unfortunately we are doing this on zoom again for the second episode in a row um i do have the flu so i'm not gonna come near you and make you sick but uh we'll do this over zoom we'll pump a show out today and i thought good opportunity for you to open the show and uh yeah try something a little bit different today but um mate talk to me very quickly about the initial feelings after the game and the feeling, I think, around the MCG last night because it looked fascinating. Um, you know, it, it almost looked like it was like a hollow feeling at the G last night. I, well, I don't even know if it was hollow because it wasn't as if we learned something we didn't know previously. But for starters, it was a terrible game. It was boring. It was shocking from both sides, really. It was a really poor game of football. But from our boys, as in... Oh God! As in another week of scoring six goals, it's just it's. It, 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 I feel like I'm going insane watching Carlton at the moment. I'm watching the same thing every weekend with very little adaptability, very little change, and you know we're just getting the same result week out, week in, week out. And you know the whole, I guess, notion of, you know, I, I keep saying to people that don't watch us regularly you don't understand how bad we are until you actually watch us. And I think a lot of people are starting to come around to that part, to that notion that we are a really poorly structured team. We don't do ourselves any favors and we're just so predictable. We're so easy to pick apart. It's just, and it's once again, it was the same as the Collingwood game, almost the same as the Brisbane game, the Sydney game. You just, you know, we might be in it on the scoreboard, but you just know we're not going to win. Like, you you know, you never feel like we're going to run ahead with that and, you know, have 15 minutes where we're going to put four or five goals past them. It's not going to happen. It's just, you know, you know the outcome. And that's why, once again, teams are fine with us having the ball because they know what's coming. They they know it's going to, you know, go to a 50-50 option up the line. It's just madness at the moment. It's crazy. It's it's shit. It's boring. And you know what? It's, It's actually, it's unenjoyable at the moment. Yeah, I mean, look, it's... We are seeing the same thing every week. It's it doesn't change. Um, 
the way that we're playing hasn't changed in a long time. The way we're losing hasn't changed in a long time. It's just, it's, it's craziness. That's what it is. It's the definition of insanity, doing the same thing every week and expecting a different result. Um, That's, it's just absolutely absurd. But what I will say, Bolt, and I unfortunately wasn't able to make it to the game last night. I think it's the first Melbourne or Victorian game that I've missed in a number of years, but um, obviously at home with the flu, watching it on TV, just it, it could have been because I was watching on TV, but it looked like we did play slightly differently to the way that we've seen, I guess, the setup over the last six to eight weeks. As I said, it could have been because I was watching on TV, but it looked as if we played a bit more direct, tried to isolate, especially H, a little bit more than we have. Um, I I don't know. I wanted to ask you, was there any difference at all in the way that we set up? It looked like we were a bit more direct and I think more of a balanced uh, setup around the ground. Is that, did that? I don't know. It didn't come across too noticeable. There were maybe... There was maybe a seven-minute patch at the back end of the third quarter where we played, where we finally got access through the middle of the ground, um, and it resulted in the Blake Acres goal, a Charlie Kernow goal, and that one-on-one between Lever and Kennedy, which you know we didn't end up scoring, but that could have gone either way. Um, that maybe happened for a little patch in the third quarter, but otherwise it was, it was, it's just absolutely nonsense. And even when they do, you know, our foot skills let us down. Our foot skills are abhorrent, and. Our small forwards and we and our half forward line really, we've got no resistance coming out, you know, of our forward fifty. As in teams just walking out, you know, we we really struggle for repeat entries for re- for I guess stoppages inside fifty. It's just we make life far too easy for opposition, you know, backlines to transition against us, and that's why we're really struggling to score because the entries coming in aren't great, and they're not going to result in too many scores themselves. But you know. The presence at ground level isn't doing us any favors either. So I don't know. I didn't feel like it was too much different. I thought there were. I, I thought last night was a pretty good opportunity to swing some magnets um, before mm. the start of the game, and maybe you know, because given we played the four tours down back, Young, Weedering, McGovern, and Kemp, I thought maybe you could swing a McGovern to full forward for the night, given Melbourne weren't too tall down forward, but that wasn't to be either, and they stuck with Silvani in the ruck, which was just a crazy move given that Grundy is their second ruck um, slash Gorn. It, it, was just, oh, it was just very frustrating. Very frustrating. And I think, I th- actually think we looked a lot better when, and, you know, not. I, I, I don't think it's Soss's fault because, you know, my thoughts, Soss should be playing in the forward line and not as a second ruck. But when Soss went off the ground and Lewis Young started hinching, I actually thought we looked so much better um, and we have looked better when we've done that this year. So I don't know why they didn't start the game doing that, but young had some genuine efforts on Gorn around the ground, like was actually going okay in the ruck battle. Um, I don't know. I felt like once Silvani went off, the game changed a little bit in our favor, not enough, obviously. And it didn't end up having any impact on the scoreboard, but you felt like we were playing a bit better. Yeah, well, I just think they should have gone with Young from the get-go. You know, he's 202 centimetres tall. And just, you know, stick him as the second ruck for a little bit. And, you know, we don't have that in-between option between the towers and the little forwards at the moment. There's no one. It, it's literally boom or bust right now in the Carlton forward line, and we're just not scoring. It's 
Oh, it is just crazy. It's it's a hard watch. It's actually become a little bit of a chore because we, we, we can't score. As in, I think we've scored less than 60 points four weeks in a row now. It's absolutely bonkers. It is. It is completely, completely bonkers. 44 points last night, 51 against the Swans last week, 57 the week before against Collingwood, 59 the week before that against the Bulldogs. And then the week before that against Brisbane, we've only scored 74. So, you know, if you take out the West Coast game, we actually haven't been able to score over 75 points since North Melbourne. So it's quite frightening. Like, you know, we've actually only scored more than 75 points three times this year, which came against West Coast, North Melbourne, and then, of course, Geelong. So we cannot, you know, register a score on the scoreboard. It's it's madness. But um, I thought, you know, taking a look at last night's game, there was so much that went wrong and so many areas that you feel like we can improve in and, and fix, but they're just not doing it. And it's the same thing every week. Like, you know, the ruck, you're right. The ruck situation was laughable really last night. It was completely laughable. Um, how did you think Tommy went in the ruck? Um, well, Gorn was very good as in Gorn definitely beat him around the ground. Um, yeah, he was pretty average to Conning. He was okay. Um, he wasn't horrible. He wasn't horrible, but as in he got beaten by a better player, really, you know, Gorn took him forward on a number of occasions and I think in three or four shots on goal, you know, De Conning only managed two marks for the game, one coming very, very late in the back line. Um, yeah, so he lost his battle. Mm. Um, but let's get into some player analysis. Starting in the back line, I want to start with one man who I thought was, um, I'd say essentially best on ground for us last night. Brody Kemp, your thoughts on his performance? No, he played a, he played a good intercepting game and he, I guess, had that same role he did against West Coast, almost being your fourth tall so he can drift off a Bit, but he also spent a bit of time on Fritch. So, and I actually thought Fritch played really, really well for them. But you know, uh, uh, but you know, I, I think in the same breath, Kemp, I think Kemp played well. He provided a little bit of rebound coming out. Um, you know, he took his ten marks. Um, so definitely an improvement on last week. And I think maybe it shows. You know, against Brisbane and um, Sydney in two really horrid showings for him, he had to play a bit more lockdown. So maybe. You know, it, it, it's a. I find it a bit weird saying that you know you're you're placed in the side as if you're playing as that fourth tall, you know, because it feels like it's an unnecessary, you know, position to be playing someone in. It just feels like wasted utility, which is why I was almost keen for McGovern to go play full forward last night, given we had the cover of Kemp as well. But you know, yeah, well, given the role he was given, he played well. Mm, no, I thought he was fantastic, and you know. For those who listen to the Tradies podcast with Sam McClure and Mitch Cleary, you would have heard, and go check it out, by the way, you would have heard midweek in their episode, they said that clubs are keen on Brody Kemp and St Kilda being one team specifically who are going to come after him at the end of the year. I certainly wouldn't be wanting to lose Brody Kemp. I mean, yes, you can say it's an overreaction after one game, but I actually think he just looks very composed, like, he looks composed. He's not. He doesn't shy away from contests. And 
he's actually a good kick of the footy. Like, yes, he makes some blunders, but everyone, especially key position players, have the occasional blunder. But I actually think he looks good with the ball in hand. Like, you'd almost want him being that avenue kick out of defence. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what role he plays in the next few weeks, especially now with Caleb Marchbank fit him firing. I guess he's almost keeping him out of the side. Yeah, I guess so. As in, I'm not a huge rap on Brody Kemp. Um, I, I just think that oh, I, I almost feel like he's playing with very little, you know, the role he's being given, which obviously isn't his fault because he played that role well. I just don't think it's a very sustainable role most weeks. As in, someone's got to play the intercepting role, though, and you almost feel like the opportunities that he's been given to play it, he's almost played it better than McGovern has. Yeah. Well, he did it well against the Witches' Hats in Perth. Um, no, he he was good last night. He was, but I don't know. I'm not a huge. I'm not a huge rap on him. Uh, Jacob Oidering. Um. Well, so this this was also weird from upstairs. I'm not sure what we we're doing, wasting our time with Oidering playing on Joel Smith. What's that? Mm. What's yeah. that? Yeah. But I um yeah, as in yeah. Well, Wiedering naturally got the better of him and Wiedering naturally played well on him, but so would I. Um, Lewis Young. Yeah, well, it was obviously a weird night for Young because he started the fullback on Van Royen for most of the night and then obviously when Silvani went off, he went into the ruck and he drifted forward a little bit, so it was a bit all over the shop from Young and I don't know, it was fairly ordinary, neither here nor there. Uh what do you think of Saad's performance? Uh, not much. Uh, not a lot. 14 disposals. It's not enough. It's not enough drive. It's not enough creativity. It's just not nearly where he should be right now. Yeah, you didn't. we just didn't see much of him. Um, no. But just very quickly, sorry. Um, six intercept marks, by the way, for Brody Kemp, which is would be... Yeah, it's a great return. Close to a season high for for our defenders, but anyway, back to uh, yeah, no, d- definitely didn't get enough from Saad McGovern. What are your thoughts on him? And his- well, he made some complete blues early on. The drop marks, the miss spoils, just he was a little bit all over the shop. He probably got into the game pretty well after halftime, I thought. Um, and you know he was just rotating on you know their small plays to allow him to kind of play tall and get that mismatch. But he was very very sloppy off his own accord early. But he probably came into the game okay. But he's just not quite there at the moment either. No, well, I think the issue is it's a theme. You know, our top end players, our premium A grade players, are not performing at the level that they should be. And our bottom six are performing at an extremely low level, which is killing us. And it's, I think it's, that's our issue is, you know, our top and bottom end are just, well, no one's performing, but really what's killing us is our top and bottom end not performing. Um, Doc, last night? I don't know. I'm getting a bit annoyed with, well, not with Doherty. I'm getting a bit annoyed about Doherty. I I really think he should be playing in the back line. Uh, I really believe that. And he's going okay in the midfield. And we spoke about it the other day when we're wrapping up the Sydney game, previewing this one. He's going fine in the middle, as in uh, I'm not complaining with his output, but I just think for the sake of the team and the bit of team balance, he just 
Now, he started the first center bounce last night on the ball, which shifted Walsh to spending large parts on the wing. I just don't think it's where it's at. I don't know why we're moving the world to get Sam Doherty in the midfield when we know how good he is in the back line. Uh, I'm a little bit perplexed by it. But in terms of his own game, he was probably one of our better players. Yeah. Well, yeah. The type of thing he's going to play well anywhere you play him. He's just like he's just a good AFL footballer, and I agree. You know his best footy is clearly played in the back line, and yeah, it's it's it is perplexing really that they are so insistent on playing him in the middle, um, even though he's very good there. Like you know he's good anywhere. Just play him in his natural best position where he was all Australian. Um, is that the defence? Now we've got Chincotta and Boyd. True, Chincotta. Well, what do you think of them? Well, Chincotta probably Chincotta was probably okay to be honest. He was actually pretty good. Um, I don't love him with ball in hand, but he minded picket and he kept picket fairly quiet. So Chincotta can probably hold his head up high after that game. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I don't think he did. I didn't see a whole lot of him, but I uh, also didn't see a whole lot of Cozzy. So, um. I'll give him the tick there. And Boyd? Um, not too much to report on Boyd, to be honest. Um, yeah, just, yeah, he just existed. <laughs> yeah. One of those performances, I think. Um, into the middle bolt, Cripps. Well, I thought Cripps was clearly our best player up until half time, as in clearly. Um, but... God, he was no. He was almost unsighted after halftime. He, um, yeah, was completely nullified and shut out of that game. And it was tough, you know. It was a workmanlike performance again. The five clearances, thirteen contested possessions, but yeah, a really, really strong start and just completely fizzled out of the game. Our captain. Yeah, I mean, there's a theme, you know, when opposition are able to stop Patrick Cripps, we struggle to move the ball out of the middle. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 100%. Walshy last night, probably one of his close, yeah. close to, you know, and he wasn't, he didn't play a bad game. Like, let's just say he didn't play a bad game. He just didn't really have any impact after the first 10 minutes. I reckon he had seven disposals in the first 10 to 15 minutes of the game and was virtually unsighted after that. He was pretty poor, I thought. A lot of really bad decisions by foot. Um, and, and he spent a large chunk of the game on the wing. He only attended seven centre bounces last night, which was well under 50%. So he ended up being the one that got shafted this week a little bit positionally. But, yeah, as in, uh, it wasn't a very good game from Walsh at all. He barely covered any ground. He barely got the ball, you know, after, as you said, the first 10, 15 minutes. And he just was very errant by foot. It wasn't a very good game from Walsh at all. Is that one of the worst games that he's played? Because he's never really had a bad game in his whole career. Yeah, no. He's not in great he's not in great form at the moment, but no, that was pretty poor. It was, yeah, as bad as I can remember. Um Cottrell. Yeah. Oh Cottrell was virtually nowhere to be seen as well. Mm. He um yeah, just once again, another one of those players that just existed on the night. Nothing doing. Kennedy? I thought Kennedy was very, very good up until halftime as well. 
And then um, when the Wonder Boy came on as the sub, Kennedy was shifted to the back pocket again. Yes. What's going on? It is, quite frankly, embarrassing. It is totally embarrassing coaching. It is, it's mind-boggling stuff. And, yeah, like he spent a bit of time on Petrarca in the midfield. Petrarca was dominant. You know, he does that, Petrarca. But Kennedy was going pretty well for us the other way as well. And they just, I see the little wonder boy activated as the sub, and then I see Kennedy walking to the back pocket. Like, come on. Like, what is Michael watching? As in Matt Kennedy, we're actually, it's funny because, you get what you get with him. Every single time they play him in the midfield in his natural position, he plays well, does not lower his colors, never, you know, he's very rarely had a bad game in the midfield the last two or so years. So why are they moving him? Well, firstly, they moved him out of the team. Then they moved, well, it was, he got shifted to defense. Then he was dropped. Now he's back in the team, essentially shifted to defense. It's just... Absolutely terrible, terrible man management. It is, it is crazy. It's honestly like if I'm Matt Kennedy, I'm thinking at the end of the year, is this the best thing for my career to stay at Carlson? Probably not. Yeah. Well, you can't blame him for posing that question to himself right now. Um, yeah, you know my thoughts. He's one of my favorite players, and I, I cannot quite believe, and it's been happening all year, but I still cannot believe what they are doing with him. It is just total madness. Um, Akers? Um, oh. um, Akers, Akers. Yeah, well, becoming a little bit frustrating at the moment. But like he, he was probably a big part in that patch I spoke about earlier in the third quarter where we started, you know, getting a bit of ball through the middle and changing channels a little bit. So I'll commend him on that for trying to change something different. But, yeah, his foot skills just aren't quite there at the moment, and it's a little bit of a hindrance. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's – yeah, I can't yeah, disagree. Yeah, it, it's hard to. His kicking's just not quite there. Um, Chera? No, I thought Chera was very, very good. Um, he's winning very, our very good. by a mile, I'd say. Yep, no, he he is winning our best and fairest right now. I thought he was probably our best player in the night, Chera. Um, just yeah, just kept working, kept working. I think he led the team in meters gained as well, four clearances. Um, no, Chera was very good. I'm very happy with where he's at at the moment, with the shaved head as well last night. Yeah, looked uh, dare I say, somewhat Judd like in the number five out there. Oh, relax. No, no, I'm just saying when I saw him on the telly from, you know, not a zoomed up uh, view of him, it looked it looked almost, yeah, in that number five, you know, the shaved head in the number five. We haven't seen it since C. Judd, so, uh, oh. yeah. Um, I think that's the midfield. Well, the Ruckman we've well, spoken about to Connie. Well, no, well, then we've got the... Well, then we've got the two, the, the class of the 2017 National Draft. Well, true, of course. Well, yeah, we need to speak about O'Brien first. I'll get your O'Brien was absolutely pathetic. First game back in the side after two months out. 
Absolutely disgusting. Disgusting. Probably, and I've always been a big defender of O'Brien, but his kicking was pretty poor last night. He's just, he's he's got no place in the side right now. Is it time to wheel out the bins? Yeah, it probably is, because I don't see how he can be any worse than that. Yeah, I, I think it, I think Bins should have been rewarded anyway. He should have come in instead of O'Brien. He has been behind Paddy Dow, our most consistently strong performer in the VFL this year. He's had at least 25 most weeks and kicked a goal most weeks. He's having an outstanding VFL season. And they, yes, O'Brien was fantastic in the VFL last week, but yeah, I, I think they should have brought Bins in before O'Brien. Um, they didn't. O'Brien played poorly. You probably need to make that change now and give the kid a crack. Um, and your boy, PD2, Paddy Dow. Well, I'm, I'm just going to get this off my chest. I'm just going to get this off my chest, and people might take this the wrong way, but I don't care. I found the reception he got very cringe from our fans last night. It was like the Messiah had returned when he ran off the bench, when he got the balls, like one big applause. It was, I, I couldn't tell if it was like a sarcastic clap or whether it was like, you know, he's no, almost he, become he a couple of heroes because everyone feels, well, it's almost like everyone, he's almost become a cult hero because everyone feels sorry for him. As in, there's nothing to feel sorry about someone that's not up to AFL standard and that plays well at a level that he's good at in the VFL. Um, I, I just find it absolutely remarkable, the reception he got. But What do you think of his actual back, performance? Well, welcome back to the team, Paddy. He was he was okay. He didn't really piss me off. Um, a couple, well, yeah, he had nine possessions in a half. He went straight into the midfield, so he can't complain with where he played. He went straight into the engine room, Paddy. Um, yeah, a couple of really good handballs, I thought, which created a bit of space for our other midfielders. His nice kicking was H inside fifty. Yep, it yep that was nice as well. There were a couple of complete and utter turnovers through the middle of the ground off him, but um, it wasn't. There, there were far worse than Paddy Dow in that second half. I I think they have to keep him in to play right. a full match next week, because as I've said, and I've, I'll stick, I'll stand by my comments. We looking at the situation, he's out of contract at the end of the year. We need to see him in a in one full match before the end of the year. Either but we've to, seen him sixty odd times, but we need to see him this year. We do. We need to see him this year, either to confirm what we think we know, which is that he's not up to it, or to surprise us and play well. I, I don't see. I think it would be quite disappointing if he didn't play again for the rest of the year and then left. I'd like to see him once. It's all I want to see once because well, if he plays poorly, it confirms what we know and we're like, all right, yep, see you later. And if he plays well, you know, we're surprised and he probably gets another crack. I, I just think he has to play once. We just need to see a full match from him, see if he's up to it or not. And yeah. Well, I think he'll be the 23rd man again next week. Well, I don't think he even will be. I don't think he like, – we'll have some plays coming. Maybe not with Hewitt coming back into the fold. If George is fit, um, yeah, I, I don't think he will be. Um, but what I will say is he's not a forward Paddy Dow. 
No, absolutely not. But, but we are getting less than nothing out of our forwards right now. And you know what? I'd be happy to give him a crack ahead of some of the players that we're about to speak to when we... But is that not just just as much a waste of time? Well, no, because we, we... Because... And after last night, we... You know, Owies, Motlop, Fisher, those guys, we are getting zero out of them. We might very well get zero out of Paddy Dow there, but... I feel like he's played that half-forward role beforehand. And that's when everyone complained or stick him in his natural position. No, I, I agree. I agree. But he's, yeah. So then I, why I, should we revert back to that? Because what we get, well, it doesn't have to be Dow. But I think more the point I'm trying to get at is we need to see something different in the forward line. Because last yeah, night. And, I think, and, and there's a clear nomination for that. And that's Lockie Fogarty right now. Last night was, I actually thought it was embarrassing. The We are the worst yeah. tackling team in the AFL. Oh. It is, and it's an absolute disgrace. The amount of they're not even they're not tackles, Bob. They are they can't even the they're not they're tackles. not they're not they're not fooling anyone. It makes they stick the hand out like oh they just got away. They throw your body at it. If they get away, then you'll fly into the turf. They're not doing. They're, they're with- throwing arms out. It's like they're slapping players on the forearm. Like it is. It is the worst display of tackling I've seen in my life watching AFL, and yep. I cannot quite fathom how it has gotten to this point. It's not just—it's not even just the small forwards; it is the entire team. We are the worst tackling team that I yep. can recall watching football in my entire life this year. It is. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I, I don't disagree. It's embarrassing. Last night was the single worst match in my entire life of a tackling effort last night. It was it was scary. They they can't even like hold a tackle. You get into the position and it's still like just they're not strong enough. They're not uh, it's incredible. And this is why we speak about it's the you know opposition halfback flankers at such an easy time because you've got you know, uh, I don't want to pick on him, but Jesse Motlop, he's like a child at the moment. He's actually like a child. He doesn't. There's zero resistance. I mean, it's as if he doesn't like body contact. It's absolutely crazy. Yeah, I mean, you know my thoughts. I'm a big fan of him, but he's having a horrifying season. Horrible. And he really, he really shouldn't have come back into the team after that suspension against St Kilda. He shouldn't have come straight back in because he wasn't playing very well at all. But he didn't, he, you know, he didn't hit the scoreboard last night. He's just, you know, these guys, and he's not alone. Trust me, he's not alone. But God, I, I, you know, he's played 11 of the 12 games. You know, it's freshening up someone else. Um, oh, he's last night. Yeah, he was also garbage. Yeah. He was garbage. Oh, he's thought he had three kicks. Didn't hit the scoreboard. You know, he's had two pretty poor games in a row now, Oh, he's. Yeah, I, I think they have to switch it up. They have to he switch it up. 40, he went at 40% last night by foot. Yeah. It's horrendous. Yeah, it is. It is. There's no. There's no two ways about it. Fisher. And then there's. And then yeah. And then oh, Fisher's not. He's just so not up to it at the moment. Fisher. He's just not. As in, you know, we 
what we saw, what we were exposed to last year in a pretty good Zach Fisher season, you know, last night he kicked the ball four times, as in, it's just not enough. You know, we laid one tackle for the night, Zach Fisher, as your high half forward, you know, trying to lock the ball in. It's just absolute nonsense. Nonsense. It's it's a non-existent half forward line. Yeah, it's killing us because we are getting... Killing. We are, we're getting repeat entries. The, the entries inside 50... They may not be good entries, but we're getting so many entries inside 50. We we rarely lose that stat, actually, which is scary in itself. And we don't score because if our tall forwards don't mark the ball, it just gets slung, slingshot straight out because our smalls cannot, do not have the ability to lock it in. Yep. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's really funny. unbelievable. It's just, it, it's, we get bullied. It's just... it's. This is why it's just so difficult to watch us at the moment. My God. Um, Charlie and H. Um, well, Charlie, well, Charlie got, you know, blanketed by Stephen May. Um, Kerno was barely in the game. We're sucking him a bit too far up the ground for my liking. He's been good at it in recent weeks, but I just think we're losing our number one avenue to goal at the moment. Um. And then Herschel, well, it was a pretty good return for Mackay. Is in I, I've been pretty steadfast. There's obviously been a lot of chat in the media, you know, out in public and whatnot about Mackay. The goal kicking is extremely frustrating, and even so, there were a couple he missed last night, which were extremely frustrating. But you know, for what it's worth, he's a very good footballer who's having a really tough time in front of goal right now. He's been averaging eight and a half, nine marks a game all season. He's averaging about four or five shots on goal a game all season. He's doing everything he needs to do as a really good centre-half forward. It's just obviously the big thing is, and this is, I guess, fairly or unfairly what you're going to be measured as as a centre-half forward, you're finishing your goal-kicking. So I understand why the criticism has been out there, but the suggestions to trade him, to drop him, to move him to centre-half back, are quite frankly just uneducated, irrational, stupid opinions. Um, and Mackay obviously responded. He kicked our first three goals of the game last night. Could have kicked a couple others if he could, as we just touched on, a little bit properly. Complete bag. Yeah, he could have. Um, he took nine marks. He had the easy matchup on Tomlinson. So I think Harry, I think that's a game which Harry probably needed um, and hopefully silences the football public for at least a week. Yeah, well, I mean, his performance against Sydney last week, like, I, I I cannot understand. Like, as a full forward who's struggling with your goal kicking, the most important thing for full forwards when they're kicking goals is to do the same thing that works for them. You know, find what works for you and just repeat it. What works for Harry Mackay is, unconven- is unconventional. It's not, it's not what works for many players, but... It works for him. The snapping and the check sides, that's what works for H. When he can when it's yep. within range, that's how he kicks his goals. Why did he go away from it against Sydney and try and do these drop punts, which has never worked for him? Yeah. Well, I know. And then uh, he's just got to be clever with it. As in there was a shot last, last night. Last, last night. Yeah, well, there was well, one where I tried to snap it from about 45 out, which is just that's yeah, pretty poor stuff, I reckon. That's yeah, just... but, it, but it was also very rushed. It was also like didn't take his thirty seconds. It was like, you know, almost took three seconds and quickly snapped it. 
But other than that, the snaps from close range, he kicked three. Oh, yeah, I, I, I don't have an issue with that. In that left forward pocket, he's going to kick it 80% of the time. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I thought he played really well last night. You know, had two disappointing efforts at goal. But other than that, I thought he was probably top three to five on the night for us. Yep, I'd agree uh, with that. Obviously, Jack got subbed off half time with a hip injury. Not much to talk about there. Have we yep, missed anyone in the first half? And who? Sorry, have we missed anyone? No, that's the uh, twenty-three losers in navy blue right now. Um. All right. Well, the VFL team actually play today. Bolt at uh, Icon Park against Frankston, and if we look at the ladder, Frankston are. Couple spots below us, so that is a winnable game. Well, quite frankly, a game that they should not be losing. Uh, I'm interested to see how Binzi goes. Um, yeah, there's a Lots couple. Yeah, Fogarty. I mean, yeah, um, yeah. There's a few. Um, yeah. Well, obviously, we've lost a little bit of depth with the injury crisis that's happening at the moment. So, you know, there's not going to be a whole heap coming out of that, I'd say, from our point of view. For the first um, time this year, we saw a Carlton side without Ed Kerno involved in any capacity. Yes. Yes. Good call. Um, BNF votes, Bolt, on that note. Um, another Dower night. We'll go three, Chera, two, Doherty, one for Mackay. Yeah, I'm going to go three, Chera, two, Kemp, and one for Mackay. Um, yeah, I think that's what I'll be going with. Um, let's take a look Bolt, at uh, the week coming up. So this is, quite frankly, an enormous game for the football club. Essendon, the arch rivals, Sunday night, Queen's... Uh, King's birthday, sorry. Uh, is it, what's, is it, what's it called? Is it called? Well, that's King's birthday. King's, King's birthday, birthday Eve. Eve um, against the Dons. It is going to be enormous. Team changes. Where do we go with these team changes? What are you thinking? Well, it's a matter of where to start. Was, we don't know what's going to happen with Silvani, whether he plays or not. Um, and obviously, well, I guess his replacement would be Jack Martin, who hasn't been playing either in the two, so he's not going to come straight back in. Um, it's tough. You know, can you shift Lewis Young to become that forward ruck next week, given that two-metre Peter's probably going to come back for Essendon? It leaves us with a few headaches, to say the least. I'll start with I think Lockie Fogarty should be playing um, instead of Jesse Motlop. Next yeah, but weekend. What, but what do you think will actually happen? Because I think we both know they're not actually going to make that change. But, I just don't see why. I, I don't see why Jesse Motlop's immune from selection. No, no, no. He, he he shouldn't be. Okay, let's do. Let's you you do what changes you would do if you were the coach, and then do what you actually think they'll do. Because they're not actually going to do that, mate. We both know it. They're not actually going to make that change. Well. I'd be picking Fogarty for um, Motlop. And then I think I would play, without laughing, I would bring in Plowman for Silvani. And if Hewitt is ready to come back, Hewitt you couldn't be will serious. come into the... Tw- huh? 
you couldn't seriously think of bringing Plowman in, another defender. Well, because I think Young should play full forward. You, you don't run. think you don't think Marchbank should come in ahead of Plowman? Well, yeah, I probably do. I probably do, and we'll have to see how Marchbank goes this week. It's obviously been he had no preseason; he's been out for a while. So, if yeah, if he's ready to come back, he can be that guy instead of Plowman. I'm happy for that to happen. Um, and then I think, well, Hewitt, Hewitt will be the interesting one. Does he? He'll come into the twenty-three at least, and you'd say, well. You'd say probably the expense of Dow and maybe Hewitt will become the sub next weekend again. Um, I wouldn't have thought that's too off limits. And then I just think you may as well play Bins instead of O'Brien. I can't watch O'Brien at the moment. Yeah. And then, so is that what you think they'll do? Or is that what you well, would do? A bit of both. Well, our last six or seven weeks, the substitute's been that inside midfielder. It's been a rotation between Dow, Kerno, Hewitt, and Kennedy. So... If Hewitt comes, if Hewitt's available, does he come in as in that substitutes role? I, I, I'm not entirely sure, but that's just the weird tactic we've been going with. We haven't even been using the substitute role as a tactic or in an advantageous sense. It, it's remarkable how they've used that position this year. It's borderline frightening. Um, and yeah, will they play bins? Well, I feel like they've had countless opportunities throughout the season thus far to play bins, and they haven't. So, do they pull the pin on O'Brien after a week? I'm not sure whether they're game enough to do that yet. Oh, it's tough to know where they're going to go with team selection next Sunday. Mm. I think it'll be Bins for O'Brien. Uh, I mean, if Silvani if Silvani doesn't get up, um, I don't know. Uh, probably Marchbank. Um, gee, I don't even know. That, that, that could almost be it. And then Hewitt coming in for Dow. That could be it. I know, and I, I really don't mind them seeing putting even McGovern full forward for the week. I, I just, that you got to just shift the magnets. You got to get something going. Mm, um, no Twitter questions this week, Bolt. We'll be back with them next week. Um, is there anything else to cover before we. No, well, we've got the Bombers next week in a. Pretty big time slot, the Sunday night before the public holiday. I can't stand Essendon. I I love beating Essendon. And, well, I'm not sure if we're going to – we're not going to win the way we're playing at the moment. But, yeah, if there's any week to pull their fingers out, it's next week. Um, and, look, if we don't win next week, it'll be six losses in a row with one more game before the bye. And you feel like the situation – which we don't even have to mention because everyone knows what the situation is, is going to start simmering a little bit. It's going to get a bit heated. Mm. It will. It will. I think I asked the question on the show last week, and I'll ask it again now that we've lost last night. We do lose to uh, Mel- uh, Essendon and then Good the Gulf Coast. Is, uh, is that it? After the Gold Coast game? Yeah, if we lose to Essendon and then the Gold Coast. Oh, I fear it's going to be a long bye week for him. I'll put it to you that way. Hmm. Because I, I actually think there's this. I think it's a um, misconception. I actually think the Gold Coast game is a more difficult game than the Essendon game. Yeah, it probably is. And I think people will. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Like I wouldn't be surprised if we actually beat Essendon. 
I don't rate them. I think they're better than us, but I don't rate them. So I wouldn't be totally surprised if we beat them. They've been playing pretty well this year. They're going all right. Yeah, that, like, look, we won't. We probably won't win, but I actually wouldn't be surprised if we did. But the Gold Coast game is one that I'm, yeah, I, I think we might get done. Yeah, well, they're playing twins. It's going to be a really, really, it's going. To, it's just going to be a tough next fortnight before we get a week off from watching this utter garbage right now. Mm. Uh, Bolt. Bolt no, it is another week, another loss. Just look after yourselves. Yeah. Um, Bolt, we will uh we'll do this again next week. We'll see you next Sunday night at the G for the Dons game. That's a game I'd really love to win. Um, yeah, hopefully we get up. No doubt. Thank you, Bolt. Go Blues. See you back at the G. Go Blues. And they will know that they've been playing against the famous old dog.